<clears throat> we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Bear Essentials Podcast is sponsored by Kins Lager Brewery, located in Oak Park, Illinois. They're a local lager-focused brewery. The Bear Essentials Podcast listeners will receive a 15% discount on your order by using promo code BEARSPOD. Please visit them at kinslager.com. That's spelled K-I-N-S-L-A-H-G-E-R.com. Thanks for listening. My man, present A-Dub, it's Tony G, baby. It's time to bear down, boys. Let's get it. Tony G, thanks for rocking with us. Appreciate you, fam. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we will be recapping the Bears' 20-17 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. It was an ugly-ass finish, bro, but a win is a win. Yes, sir, friends. A win is a win. I'm glad we were able to pull that one out, man, because you're right. It got ugly near the end. It really did. And, and, and listeners, A-Dub and I have just returned back from Soldier Field. So if you hear a little raspiness in my voice, hey, man, we was out there cheering our bears on. So bear down over here, baby. You know how we do it in Bear Nation. We cheer our team on when things are going great. Hey, we cheer when it's not going great, too, man. That's, that's the diehard way. But A-Dub, let's revisit from our preview podcast our predictions going into this ball game. So for you, what was your prediction going into this ball game for week two? 23-20, Bear Nation. All right, and I had it 27-23, Bears. So we both had this one correct. Not with the score, ladies and gentlemen, we know. But nevertheless, we still predicted the Bears would get that dub today, and they did. So, A-Dub, let's review some of your keys to victory, man, before we get into the nuts and bolts of this episode. So your first key to victory was containing Joe Mixon. How do you think we did there, bro? I thought we did good on Joe Mixon, man. We, we contained him for us. We didn't let him run off no big yardage on us. So I thought we did a fairly good job on him. I would agree. Kept him uh, under 70 yards uh, on a ball game. I mean, he entered the game as the top rusher in, in the NFL. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. Your second one was eliminating big plays on defense. How do you think we did there, bro? I thought we did solid there as well, Press. We only gave up one big one. One big one. That was the Joe Burrow touchdown pass to uh, Jamar Chase. But, yeah, man, you're right. For the most part, though, I thought our defense did us proud today, brother. Yes, sir. All right, man. So I'm going to review my keys real quick, man. So my first one was establishing David Montgomery early and often. So in this ball game, he ended up with 20 carries. You know, that's okay. Matt Nagy, you're kind of getting there more on the right track of what Perez is looking for, but you're still not there yet. I still thought we could have given the ball a little bit more in the game today. But <laughs> 20 carries, eh, okay, whatever. So <laughs> my second key, A-Dub, was I wanted us to put some pressure on Joe Burrow. When I looked at the film from that last game where Cincinnati played against the Vikings, I saw how they started to get some hits on him, made him a little uncomfortable in the pocket. And guess what, bro? We started to do that in this game today. Me made Joe uncomfortable. He threw three picks in the ball game. And guess what? That offensive line for the Bengals underperformed today. And I think for these keys, we did a better job on putting that pressure on Joe Burrow than we did establishing David Montgomery in the running game. It's like you said, man, we can make a quarterback throw three interceptions, which we did. 
put a lot of pressure on him. It made him very uncomfortable out there on that field, Press. Listeners, the Bears are now 1-1 one one on the season. Now, looking at the NFC North right now, the Packers and Lions play each other on Monday Night Football, and then the Minnesota Vikings actually lost tonight. They lost 34-33 to against the Arizona Cardinals, and that game came down to a last-second field goal attempt by the Vikings, and it was missed wide right. So the Vikings have now fallen to 0-2. So the Bears looking like, you know, in good shape here for the NFC Norths because there's only going one team is going to end up being 1-1 one one with them. So and then more than likely it would be the Packers, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, most likely the Packers, unless they figure it out. You know, we'll see. But you're right, Perez. Us going in 1-1, one one, that's a good start for us. Yes, sir. I'll take it. All right, A-Dub. Let's go over the inactives for the game today. So Nick Foles was inactive. Rashad Perryman was inactive. Travis Gibson was inactive. Alex Taylor, Jesper Horstead, and Eddie Goldman missed his second consecutive game, A-Dub, with the knee injury. So going into this game, I looked at that and I said, oh, man, I really hope that Eddie could be out there because to the point that you made on our preview pod of limiting Joe Mixon, and I thought, hey, Eddie Goldman is going to be key to making sure that Joe Mixon doesn't really get off in his ball game, but I still think that we got the job done even without Eddie Goldman, a Doug. Yeah, we got the job done, Perez, but how often can we last, you know, going without him? So I don't know, man. It's going to be tough, but I just hope that he comes back pretty soon, man. Yeah, we'll see, man. It'll be worth watching and seeing because you never know how badly he hurt that knee because they're not going to tell us, you know. So it's one of those things that we'll see how it goes, man. Hopefully he doesn't miss any more time than he's already missed. Yeah, and the other thing, Press, with Eddie Goldman, you got to think about coming off the injury and also making sure that he's back ready to play, right? So you know how it go, Press, your conditioning and all that stuff. So that could be also a factor, too. No, fair point, fair point. I've actually been surprised with Travis Gibson uh, being on the inactive list. This is a guy that I was really high on entering the season, and he emerged in preseason. So I was kind of thinking that he was going to get some of those snaps, man. But I think, you know, it's one of those things. It's a numbers game right now on this team. So certain guys are just getting affected by what's happening in other positions. That's a good point you make, though, Brad. You're right. I definitely like what Gibson was doing. Not seeing him play, that kind of sucks. But, hey, the guy ahead of him didn't disappoint. I thought Quinn did well. Well, yeah. I mean, Robert Quinn finally showing up. That's what you pay a guy $70 million to do. So, I mean, I'm not going to give him all those pats on the back about it. That's what you're supposed to do, bro. But I'm glad you finally <laughs> stepped up. <laughs> exactly. I'm with you there, friends. But then also, he also did some dumbass shit. But we're going to get into that a little bit later on in the show. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> all right, A-Dub, I'm coming to you right now. What was your here comes the boom moment? And guess what? This is going to be our first here comes the boom moment for the 2021 season. A-Dub, talk to him. Here comes the boom when it came from my one and only Roquan Smith, baby. That interception for a touchdown for us was big, was huge, man. We needed those points. So shout out to my man, Roquan Smith. A-Dub, that's why I don't have a voice right now because I'm telling you on that play, I left it all out there at Soldier Field, man. Eight, <laughs> Roquan, dude, what more can you say about him? I mean, the guy is so underrated. He does not get the recognition that he deserves Week in and week out, all he does is does his job. He does it quietly. The national media, y'all going to have to stop ignoring this man. Put some respect on this brother's name because he went out there, made it happen. I loved watching that play. He read Joe Burrow's eyes, man. He dropped back into the zone, made a hell of a play, and then burst up that sideline. And shout out to Kendall Vildor, who basically helped him get into that end zone because they made some key blocks there. And then Roquan ran Joe Burrow's ass over. Yes, he did, Prince. And he just kept going, man. You're right. The other guys out there make some good blocks. And, 
hey, we ran it all the way back, man. We put one in his zone. For sure. So that was also my key moment of the ball game, A-Dub. So we were right on the same page on that one. Right on the same Yes, page. sir. Yes, sir, baby. Good one. All right, man. So let's just go into it. Since we're both pretty fired up about the defense, what did you like about the game plan on defense today, man? The game plan for us was really to put a lot of pressure on Joe Burrow. And it looks like the game plan really was to slow down Mixon because they knew that, hey, he plays a big part in getting Joe Burrow going. So we slow that dude down. Now we're going to have to force Joe Burrow to really making a lot of plays, and a lot of throws. And that did not happen today, Press, because it was too much pressure on him, brother. Yeah, it really was a lot of pressure on him. That defense came to play today. I mean, I went after that defense a lot on the last episode. I also made some challenges to Sean Desai, our defensive coordinator. But I guarantee you, he must have gotten those guys' asses because what we saw on the field today was way different than what we saw there in week one. And they must have had a good week of practice, and those guys all came out there and did what they had to do. So for me, to your point, the hits on Joe Burrow were huge. The takeaways in that second half were huge. That is what you need. We talk about that all the time with this Bears team. Get it back to playing the way that they played in 2018 when the defense made it easier for the offense, giving the offense short fields, giving the offense the ball and opportunities where they could cook. I thought this defense, they dialed up pressure. You and I talked about it at the game today, how uh, Desai was sending Roquan on those blitzes. We saw that Roquan got a sack. You got to turn these guys loose. Eddie Jackson was going in and coming in hot off, off of the blitzes. Eddie Jackson made a tackle, y'all. Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. And I want to piggyback on something you said about Desai. Desai pretty much held these guys accountable for us. Because you can tell that film session must have been hard for all those guys and see a 360 turnaround how they play on the defensive side for us with getting pressure on them, tackling right, getting takeaways. That means that no one's really missing their assignment. So everyone was there. So I got to give Desai a lot of credit for what the pressure he put on that defense. And they showed up today, for sure. They really did. I mean, we got four sacks on Joe Burrow. We got the picks. Our defense is back, baby. Yes, sir. They back. <laughs> Hope it continues, brother. Got to sustain it, though. I think we sacked them five times now that I think about it. Yeah, we got, we got them five times in the game. So, man, shout out to that Bears defense. Way to go. I love the fact that they came back hungry in this ball game, and they got out there and they got after them. Now, I do want to ask you, what didn't you like about that game plan on defense? The one thing I did not like on defense was that it's our secondary. Sometimes I still feel like they're a little lost for us. It still looked that way at times. Not, not consistently, but you can tell some plays out there for us. They left some out there. I think we still missed a few tackles, though. Very, very few. And I thought also that we missed a, a few passes in coverage where we couldn't get there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think what I saw that I didn't like, one of your keys was eliminating the big plays on defense. And you said, oh, you thought they did so-so with that. Well, I would agree because they gave up that play late in the game when Joe Burrow went deep to Jamar Chase. That shouldn't have happened because that cut the lead down to 10 at that point. And that was a point in the game where we thought the game was ours. We were up 20 to 3 at the time. We were kind of cruising and sailing to victory. And these kind of the wheels started to turn a little bit. So I didn't like that part. Another thing I didn't like, and I talked about it briefly a little while ago, Robert Quinn with that unnecessary roughness play when we were on third down, the defense did the job, and Robert Quinn goes and touches Joe Burrow. And then Joe Burrow should get an Oscar award for how he jumped and flopped. Listen, that's what he's supposed to do. (laughs) Yep. But Robert Quinn, come on, man. The guy was like five yards out of bounds, and you putting your hands on him. Relax, man. Relax. 
could have just stayed away. But you know what? We touched the quarterback out of bounds. You know it's going to be a penalty. So Robert Quinn, come on, you got to make a better decision than that, my man. Yep. The last point of things that I wasn't necessarily keen on from this ball game, Duke Shelley. Now, I talked about in week one how I thought he was a surprise inactive. And I also said, hey, Duke Shelley, you need to have a week of your life for practice. And I would hope that you would be in this lineup here in week two. Well, he was in the lineup and it was mixed results. A lot of times when you're talking about how you were seeing guys missing tackles, you saw guys getting beat in coverage. Most of the times you saw who the person was and it was number 20. Yes. Number 20, definitely missed a few of those out there, Perez. And he, I think he knows that he got to get better in that department for sure, Perez, because uh, we can't have a guy like him really, you know, screwing up like that. And then also I will say Vildor missed a few himself too. So those guys got to fix that. Yeah, they do. I, I agree with that 100%. So one thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on in this ball game, obviously with us getting the victory, at what point in that game did you say, mm, the Bengals are in trouble? The point I thought they were in trouble, Perez, was when that fumble happened. When that fumble happened off Eddie Jackson. And I'll tell you this. I'm going to be 100 with you, Perez. It was a lucky fumble because that was going to be a missed tackle by Eddie Jackson. It really was. If you watch him replay that play, Perez, it looks like it's going to be a missed tackle. Well, I'll just tell you this, A-Dub. I'm not really concerned about the woulda, coulda, shoulda. Hey, he got that shit out of there. He got it. We got the takeaway. <laughs> that's all that matters. <laughs> yep, exactly. But that's what I knew at the end of the day. I said, look. The Bengals are out of here after this, bro. They done. So for me, I kind of was looking at it a little bit earlier in the game. I looked at the play calling by the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, Zach Taylor. He's like, he's their head coach and also their play caller. And starting out in that game, he was running a lot of empty set. That is a big no-no against Khalil Mack in any sort of defense that Khalil Mack is on. Because that's when you saw Khalil Mack destroying Reef, the offensive tackle for the Bengals. Khalil Mack was living in that backfield. We saw Khalil Mack get a tackle for loss. For me, that's when I knew it was over because I said, this guy doesn't have any idea what the hell he's doing with his game plan. Because when you put your damn franchise quarterback in a position like that where Khalil Mack and these guys can tee off of him, good luck with that because <laughs> Joe Burrow was getting hit unnecessarily. And you know what? The Bears saw blood. The defense was like, hold on. This is how you're going to play us? We got something for that. And all you just saw, hey, look, you say, Perez, a lot of hits coming on Burrow. We could sustain all that. To your point that you made one of your keys with limiting Joe Mixon. Well, guess what? In addition to what Zach Taylor was doing with that, with those play calls early on, their rushing attack was inefficient there in that first half. So it wasn't a surprise that we shut them out in the first half and they had no points. No points at all, Perez. And like I said before, you know, that's what he needs. That's what Burrow needs. He needs that help. He didn't have it, so it pretty much put all the pressure on him to make things happen. And then another point, too, when I think about another reason why I thought the Bengals were pretty much done is Joe Burrow just, he did not look like the same quarterback that we saw last season. He did not look comfortable, especially in the first half of that ball game. And you saw the Bengals. They were being very conservative with the play calls. And I said, you know what? This guy may either still be hurt or something's going on here because they weren't really opening up with him like they did last season. No, he did not, Perez. I saw a lot of little short passes being thrown. Looked like they were trying to do that. Like, they didn't want him to sustain much pressure that he sustained last week with getting hurt. So I thought that's what they're trying to do, be conservative with that. But the thing is, you can't be that conservative without defense. It'll come back and bite you. Yeah, because, I mean, let's look at it. what happened. Now the second half of that ball game, that's when that Bears defense really turned up the pressure, got those picks that we talked about. And that's when you really saw, hey, this Bears defense – and rebounded, man, from that week one matchup. Woo. Yes, they did, Perez. We rebounded, baby. I mean, I was loving that. 
And the thing is, friends, I got to go back to this here, man. It's the defense on how they showed up. First half, you know, with the secondary and also with the um, defensive line. I mean, everyone played well in that first half, Press It was almost damn near flawless in a way. Just think about this with our Bears defense today. They were responsible for 13 of our points and the 20 points that we scored in this ballgame. When you have that type of formula happening with your defense, you are going to win that game nine times out of ten. No, good point there, Perez. I mean, if you look at the, the five of the first six drives that the Bengals had, we slowed those guys down, man. We let them to only a field goal at that point of that five or six drives. So that just shows you how well our defense really was cooking and how well they were working. Oh, for sure, for sure. Let's give some attention here to the offense. What did you like about the game plan before we get into any of the things that you felt like they could have done better with the game plan? When it came down to the offense, it looks like we wanted to really share the ball and get everyone involved, Perez. The wide receivers want to get them involved in the game early on and pretty much often. But I just thought there was more of Andy Dalton really attacking those guys. He wanted to really go attack at the secondary. So I really liked that part of the game. When I look at things that I liked about the game plan on offense, I really liked that opening drive with Dalton at the helm. We marched it down the field. The offense looked really sharp. They were very efficient. And he was carving up that Bengals defense. I like that. We were controlling the time of possession. It was really nice. And let's just be honest. A lot of y'all have been calling for Justin Fields, but Andy Dalton looked pretty sharp in the ballgame before he got injured. And I would say this. He got that offense off to a hot start. We had that 7-0 lead, and I'm like, oh, man, hey, Dub, man, this may be a route. Yeah. <laughs> the way it started, it looked like it, right? It did. You're right about that. So, you know, when he threw that touchdown pass to A-Rob, that whole place erupted, and I looked over at you. I said, boy, we might be in for one. But what yeah. happened was that second quarter, a Doug, when Dalton had that knee injury, I don't know what happened there on the sideline. All I know is I saw him scramble, and the next thing you know it, Justin Fields was coming in the game. I'm like, what happened over there? He hurt his ankle. He hurt his knee. And then we saw that he was questionable. He attempted to come back in the ball game, But, you know, when I saw that, I said, oh, well, everybody's getting what they wanted. And even me, I've been wanting to see more of Justin Fields. But, a Doug. What did you think about Justin Fields' performance in this ball game today? Well, in this ball game, Perez, I mean, he saw it with him, you know, holding the ball too long, Perez. Didn't always look good with that part of it. And then also some of his throws, you know, a little bit questionable, you know, didn't look quite ready. And then also that fourth down when he had Perez to where he tried to do a quarterback sneak, it shows that the fact that he still has some work to do with that. And he kind of, you know, stumbled back there a little bit and then tried to get in there on that fourth and one, and it didn't work out well. So it shows they still need some work done, Perez. So, my point on this is I think this is why there should have been more of an open competition in training camp between the two guys. I thought that Justin Fields should have gotten more reps with the ones because what I'm seeing right now with Justin Fields is even though he's made some flash plays here and there, you're still seeing what a rookie inexperienced quarterback is going to do when he's facing an NFL number one defense. So we right. all know that Justin Fields is going to be the guy. We know he's going to end up being one of a, all-time greats, especially as a Chicago Bear quarterback. I have no doubt in my mind about that. But what I saw today was a quarterback that's still learning the game. So to your point, on that four-for-one sneak, you know, he could have done a better job of extending the ball out, but that's rookie inexperience. He's going to learn from that. But he also didn't get a lot of reps with the ones. And I think the timing is a thing there that you saw with Justin Fields today with that offensive line. There were a lot of miscommunications of false starts. So there's a lot of things there that they're going to have to clean up, but that comes with Justin Fields getting more time and chemistry and rapport with those guys. 
Yeah, that's true there too, Perez. But you also got to look at Matt Nagy on this case too because you got to look at what the guy does well. And what we saw in preseason, Perez, we see them in a lot of RPOs, you know, a lot of motion, Perez, getting out there and then making things happen. And then we find ourselves seeing them in stuff in the pocket when you make throws. Yeah, I mean, I, I get you on there. But at the same time, I still think I don't want Justin Fields just running around with his head, you know, cut off. Like, I still want him to be able to make plays downfield because we know he's got the arm talent to do so. He's got the downfield accuracy to make those type of throws. So I'm okay with Nagy kind of keeping him in the pocket. I just wanted to see Justin Fields get more reps with the ones. And I, we're going to see that in yeah. practice this upcoming week. And I think that he's going to grow from that. And he's going to definitely grow from the experience of playing this ball game today because it wasn't perfect, but he did enough to get us that victory. Yeah, he done enough. You're right. He done enough to get us the victory, though. But the good thing is that with them playing with the ones that you're saying, Perez, how I like the ball thrown to me, where I wanted that, right? Just that communication piece of it that I think will definitely impact the game. So I think that will help them down the road as well. I think that's definitely a, a fair point. So looking at this offensive game plan, the 20 carries for Montgomery, that was solid. But I would have thought in this game like this, when you have the rookie quarterback in there, they had to lead the entire game. They should have definitely made sure that they got that ball in Montgomery's hands a little bit more. I thought this should have been the perfect game for Montgomery to have 30 carries. It wasn't a situation like it was in that Rams game where we were behind and where they had to throw the ball. So I thought there could have been some opportunities to get Montgomery the ball a little bit more. So that's the thing that I didn't like. Also, I look at the fact that our offense didn't generate a lot of yards and they scored no touchdowns in his final nine possessions of the ball game. You can't have that. When your defense is getting you the ball and they're taking the ball away and giving you the ball and plus territory, you have to make something happen. You can't just only get field goals. We were fortunate that we were able to squeak out this win today. And I'm going to be thankful for that. But looking ahead, when you're playing against some better teams in this NFL, when you're getting these t- takeaways, you got to get touchdowns. You can't be selling for field goals. You had a good point there. We can't be selling for field goals. Got to get takeaways. We got to also score. But from the standpoint, you're going down the path. And this is why I got to really come at Nagy right there. Because you get, you got to put your quarterbacks in good positions to do, the, do what they do best. And I think for Justin Fields, was he always in the right position to do great, you know? Maybe not, right? Like you said, Montgomery could have got the ball more. And what that would have done would probably open up a few more things for Justin Fields. But we weren't doing that. And then to your other point, Perez, you talked about those penalties, how they added up and impact the game. So now you're pushing. Now we're pushing the other, though. I don't think Justin Fields had in his mind he was going to play this much of the game. But due to the injury, it occurred that way. So that changes a whole lot of things that we had playing at first. I don't know, man. The way Justin Fields carries himself. I think Justin Fields always kind of goes into situations thinking that he's that guy. And he probably already went into this game thinking that he was going to get significant playing time. So it happened. He got the extended time. But I will say this. Outside of nagging the play call and outside of what they could have done more with getting the ball to Montgomery, when Justin Fields threw that pick in the fourth quarter, that was that moment in the ball game where I said, this is why I've been preaching patience to the fan base. This is why I've been telling everyone, hey, Let's not rush this guy out there. Let's get this guy developed. Let's take our time with this guy because on a play like that, I don't think Justin Fields ever saw that middle linebacker come across. That could have been disastrous for this team. Yeah, it could have been, Perez. You're right. It could have been. I mean, got those guys, you know, Cincinnati all motivated, ready to go. I mean, they end up scoring a touchdown off that, but that those kind of things hurt that late, right? You can't do those kind of things like that. So, I mean, we did a couple of run plays that didn't work out well, and then we did a pass to play. So, 
either stick with the run or do something that's going to put people in good position to get a good run or get a good pass. And from what I looked at from that perspective, Chris, it was a bad call from the get-go. Well, it was a bad call because on third down in that time of the game, we should have been running the ball. I didn't think that we should have been throwing the ball there. So from that standpoint, it was a bad play call going back to Nagy. But also at the same time, too, Justin Fields has to see the field better. So I'm going to also I agree. I'm not going to take the pressure off of him in that situation either. And I think that he's going to learn from that. And he knows that he can't make those type of plays. So you got to read that a whole lot better. And that's pretty much on him, really. You know, it was just a tough pass to make right there at the wrong time. Another thing today offensively that I wasn't necessarily a fan of was the receivers dropping passes. We saw that Darnell Ooh. Mooney had a drop. We saw that A-Rob dropped a touchdown that was in our end zone. That one was a hurtful one because I'm sitting here like, A-Dub, we got that one right here on our side of the end zone, and A-Rob dropped it. And that was one of the best passes that Justin Fields made all day, really. And the best guy on our team, best wide receiver, did not cash in on that. So, A-Rob, that's the one play you cannot drop. The first one you called for a touchdown was tougher than that. Catch the ball, man. No excuses. Yeah, no excuses. That was a great ball from Justin Fields. Great ball. Great pass, for sure. But the wide receivers in Justin Fields, they're going to have a little bit more time to work together this week because I'm assuming whatever the situation is going on with Andy Dalton, I would imagine that Justin Fields has to get more playing time with those guys. He's going to have to get more time with those guys here in practice next week. Yeah, man. I hope Andy Dalton okay, man. It's just tough to see a guy go down like that, man. I hate to see a quarterback get hurt. It's like, man, you just hate to see one of your guys go down like that. You never want to see one of your guys go down like that, but he was also playing well. And so I thought in this ball game, I said, man, Andy Dalton brought a little dimension to the offense and it looked good. So we kind of lost a little something when he went down in this ball game. So that was something that I kind of thought about. But looking at Justin Fields, though, I still like the fact that this kid, when it was time to make a play, he made the play to get this ball game and get that W for this ball club today. So I was really happy with that because he made that play to get that first down. Great play, great awareness by Justin Fields. So he got the job done there. And he showed you, hey, I'm a dynamic athlete. That's what I'm going to do. So if I need to use my legs to pick up a first down, key first down, it was third and nine, he sealed the ball game. That is what you're going to do. Yeah, Perez. I mean, we love his wheels, man. The kid can make some things happen out of nothing. So if it's not there, Perez, you get him on the move, and he's moving, and he's running, he can scramble out of all that stuff, you know. he got some good juke moves, too, Perez. It's not just his running ability. He has a lot of talent when he runs. So, yeah, a guy like that, Perez, can make a hell of a lot of stuff happen. Think about it. First part of the game, when he had that spin move to get, like, some good yards on the scramble, he had that other scramble when he got outside the pocket and he almost scored it. He got it down to the four-yard line. And then that scramble that I just talked about to get the first down. So the guy is elusive with his legs. He knows what to do. And he's also smart. He gets down. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. That's key. That's very key. That is key, Perez. And when he talked about the game looking slow to him, Perez, that was an example of when I saw him move. I said, this is what the kid was trying to tell everybody when he said the game sometimes gets, gets slower, right? Gets slower, right? And I'm like, yeah, because when he runs and moves, it's like, I can get around this guy. I can get around that guy. It doesn't bother me. He doesn't feel that kind of pressure, Press. That's what I'm really getting to. No, for sure. For sure. So one other point that I have on Fields. So there was a part there in that third quarter where he got sacked and he had fumbled the ball. And it appeared that the defender, I think it was Logan Wilson from, um, from the Bengals, was getting ready to scoop the ball up. And he almost had an outside chance to score in the touchdown net. But Justin Fields, and this is what I like 
about him and his ball game. So he didn't do anything like super fancy, but he did just enough. And this was an example of him making a great play because he was crawling like on his hands and knees and he swiped the ball away from that guy, Logan Wilson, and he was able to recover that fumble. So in that situation, he kept them from scoring points. And if they would have scored in that in that situation of the ball game, we might not have won the ball game. So that's something that people have to think about what type of play that he made. Because in that situation, we ended up punting the ball and they didn't actually get that touchdown because Logan Wilson had nothing but green grass in front of him if Justin Fields didn't make that play. That's the one thing I like about him. It's not quitting on plays. Hey, finish it out. It didn't go well. It happened. It is what it is. So you got to get a kid a lot of credit for that. Like, look, I know I screwed up. I'm not going to let my team down. I'm still going to fight. For sure. All right, A-Dub. Time to give away some game balls, man. Who you got on offense? Game ball on offense? I still went with A-Rob. You know, by default, I went with A-Rob on this one here. He got the touchdown, Perez, the one we needed to get us off to a great start. And he was doing well. He was still trying to get open, Perez, make some moves out there, some catches. But I got to give it to him for that touchdown, man. It was a big one. That was huge in that first quarter. It was, man. That's what it was. But, I man, that, that drop was tough. Oof, that was tough. I don't know, man. <laughs> I bad. know, man. I get it. I get it. So I gave mine to Jason Peters. The reason why I gave it to him is because he gutted it out and played all four quarters of this ball game today. They needed him out there. He had that quad injury there in week one. We saw how he ended up limping out and, and not finishing that ball game. But shout out to Jason Peters for being able to finish this ball game because they needed him in left tackle. And I thought that that was huge. So I give my game ball to Jason Peters. Man, Perez, that's a great one, man. That is really a great one. Shout out to Jason Peters, man. He came out, held his own ground, Perez. He did his job really, for the most part. So I got to give it to him. All right, man. What about on defense? Who's getting the defensive game ball from you? Defensive game ball? I got to go with Roquan Smith. The inside, the outside, Perez. Coverage to get the interception, also to get side press. It was kind of over the field for me, you know. Really out there in coverage as well, didn't let up on anything. I got to give it to him, man, because he made some big plays out there. He really did. And I'm just going to tell you this, man. Thank God for Roquan Smith. That's all I'm going to say. And <laughs> did you realize, A-Dub, that it's been almost two full seasons since the Bears have had a pick six in a ball game? Wow. So Roquan Smith just made something happen that we haven't had happen in a couple seasons. So shout out to you, Roquan. You made the play of the game, brother. And I'm telling you, A-Dub, this guy's on a mission to show the league who he is. And y'all going to fucking learn that mistake that y'all made last season by not giving him all pro. <laughs> y'all going to fucking wish y'all would have gave that shit to that man. Oh, yeah. They're going to eat their words on that, Prez. They really are. And the thing is, this guy coming out as a leader, Prez, he's playing some good ball. So this game, too, he came out. I love it. This man's about to get paid this offseason. He's about to get the bag. <laughs> he earned it, Prince. We got to give it to him, baby. We'll see. We know sometimes about guys that earn things and they don't give it to him. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I hope we get it, though. We really do. Don't pull it for him, bro. No doubt. Yes, sir. All right, man. So my game ball is going to go to the same guy that I gave the game ball to in week one, and that is Jalen Johnson. My boy Woo! JJ over there is turning, showing everybody that he is a shutdown corner. Stop throwing that ball on 33. Stop playing with him. Put some respect on his name. Because guess what? He showed y'all Cincinnati what he was all about. He got his first NFL interception. And I'm telling you, bro, he is locked down over there on that cornerback position. Man, Prez, that kid can ball. I mean, he's out there. I mean, in coverage, 
looking really good. He's not giving up no ground, Chris. He's playing these guys man-to-man, very physical and in their face, Chris. That interception she got, it was in his face. It was like, look, I'm not giving no ground up at all. I'm right here. So I got to give that guy a lot of credit. He shut down that whole field, that side, man. He didn't give up much at all. That's what you're supposed to do. And you know what was so cool to see from him? After the Bears got that awful taunting call, which was some of the softest shit I've seen, but yeah, what did well, Jalen Johnson do? He came back on the opposite side of the field, made his play, and put his hands behind his back to let the refs know, you know what? Y'all ain't calling nothing on me, and they need to not throw the ball on me. They better not throw the ball <laughs> over him. Look, I'm not playing no games. I'm not trying to get shit up for the penalty, nor am I trying to put ourselves in a tough situation here. Like y'all know, just ready to ball, baby. Just ball. I'm just going to say this, A-Dub. This was a dominant performance by Jalen Johnson, and I was really impressed by the play that he made on that interception because you got to look at this now. Listeners, we were at the game, but just looking at the route that Higgins was running, he was running like a slow kind of comeback route. And it was almost like Jalen Johnson knew the route better than what Higgins was doing because he jumped in front of that thing, and I'm like, Damn, was he in the huddle? Did he hear the play call? <laughs> right. That shows you that this kid has got that awareness, and I love seeing that, and I love the fact that in the second year of this league, we're seeing this kid taking that next step in his development. He is taking that next step, Chris. And one thing you thought brought up last week, Chris, was about Higgins and how good of a wide receiver he is. This guy took the ball from him, Chris. Got an interception on Higgins. Higgins is not a weak wide receiver, man. That guy's pretty good. But guess what? Gets Jalen Johnson? He didn't look all that great. Listen, it wasn't just T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, all them young receivers for the Bengals that we were talking about on the preview pod. When it came to Jalen Johnson, they got nothing. <laughs> they didn't want the smoke, Chris. They kept going over to Bill Doe and Duke Shelley, man, and trying to get some opportunities. And that's one thing that Joe Burr realized. Like, look, I can't go down the route, man. That kid over there is not playing. Jalen Johnson not playing over there. Got to go a different way. That's right. Now, one thing that I want to say, even though I'm not going to give a game ball to this guy, I want to give a special shout-out to Eddie Jackson. Now, listeners, for the last year, you've heard me take really critical shots at Eddie Jackson, only because I know what he's capable of. He's a former All-Pro safety in this league. But after that week one game, with some of the shit that I saw from Eddie Jackson, I was just fucking furious with him. But I will tell you this, A-Dub, Eddie Jackson, he had a good ball game today. And I want to give him a shout-out. Because nobody on this team was under the microscope more than Eddie Jackson, especially from the fan base. Yeah, that's a good shout-out, Perez. You know, you're right. We were on it. We've been on him for a long time now, Perez, I would say. And he did. He played well today. So besides him jumping on that ball, right, when he had a chance to get that fumble, and he jumped in the air, there won't no smoke on that one play. But other than that, he did play pretty well. He played solid. I'll give him that. Yeah, he did make a business decision on that one. But however, I yeah. thought he was the one that ignited that defense today because he got that forced fumble on Higgins, and that's when that yep. defense got fired up, and that's when we started getting turnover after turnover after turnover. And I agree, his, his tackling was much better because, like I said, he came up with that key stop on, on Mixon, and I said, that a boy, Eddie, put a fucking helmet on somebody and fucking tackle. I'm with you there, Press. He really did. He did play very well today. I will say 90% of that game, he had a good one. So I would... Definitely say, Eddie Jackson, way to step your game, my brother. We definitely need the day, and he showed up. Yeah. Now, we could probably pick at him a little bit and say he was un- unable to pick up that blown coverage by Kendall Vildor, which Kendall Vildor, come on, bro. Come on. That would have yeah. prevented that, you know, late touchdown. But you know what? 
Eddie, shout out. All right, A-Dub, who's your bear down, your underperformer for this ball game here in week two? My underperformer for week two, I have to go with Cole Komet. And okay. um, I thought I'd see more from our tight end spreads, but I have not seen that. I've not seen our guys do a great job. I'm talking about him and Graham pretty much, but I got to go Cole Komet because I was expecting more out of him, Prez. I didn't see that. I didn't see him really getting that, you know, separation. I didn't see him, you know, uh, get any catches because it wasn't quite there for him, really. So that's on him. He got to get there and make some uh, things happen. So I'm going to call out Cole Komet today. I think that's fair, man. I think that's fair. Um, and also, too, he had that offensive pass interference call where he pushed off a little bit where it probably was a little ticky-tack, but at the same time, Cole, you got to get open, baby. Come on. He knows better. So, Cole, this is your year, man. Time to step up and go to that next level, baby. Well, shit, he was one of our breakout players for 2021. We haven't seen it so far. Cole, come on, baby. Come on. Where you at? (laughs) For real. Be careful. Me and A-Dub, we circling your name right now. Come on. Yes, we are. (laughs) You on our spotlight now. Yes, sir. All right, A-Dub, man. My bear down underperformer for this week is Sam Mustafer. Now, you know that I was high on him coming into this season. He comes from my beloved Notre Dame, Office of Lion University, for you guys that aren't familiar out there. But I was thinking we had our issues at center solved when Sam Mustafer came in into the mix. He looked really good there halfway down the stretch there in 2020. But I'm going to tell you, man, so far in these two games here this season, Sam Mustafer's been getting bullied. I watched the film from that game against the Rams. He was getting blown back off the line of scrimmage, and it happened again <laughs> in this ball game today. Now, I wasn't going to say too much about it after last week's game because I was like, you know what? That's Aaron Donald. I get right. it. Right. But now, nah, man, I saw it again today in this ball game, and I can't wait to watch the tape on it again to see exactly what it was that I saw out there, but I saw him getting blown back. Also, he don't seem to be in sync with either quarterback whether it's Dalton or with Justin Fields. That's just a lot of miscommunication, and you can't have that from your starting center. Yeah, and I wonder, Press, is, is it him that's actually causing some of his false stars, man? Is he playing a big factor in that? But I kind of wonder about that, Press. I don't know, but whatever it is, he needs to figure it out before he'll find himself on the bench. So Sam Mustafer, that is my underperformer for week two. Yes, sir. I can roll with that, Press, without a doubt. All right, man, A-Dub. So let's look forward to week three here. We got the Cleveland Browns. Coming up on the schedule is going to be a road game. And we talked about it earlier. Justin Fields struggled at times, you know, in the game today. Had those miscommunications with the O-line. We saw a lot of those false starts. We had that bad interception there in the fourth quarter. Right. But I think the big opportunity here, and it's something that I brought up earlier in the show, is that Justin Fields is going to get more reps with the ones this week in practice. And I think in addition to him getting more time, that's going to help him get chemistry with that O-line. He chemistry with his wide receivers. Matt Nagy's going to have a better feel, hopefully, for things that he could do really well during that week. So that way in that Browns game, if Justin Fields is the guy that goes against the Browns or if Dalton goes, we don't know. But either way, I think it'll help Nagy get a better feel for what we got in our quarterback situation. here. But I will say this. The big opportunity going into next week is if the defense gets takeaways, offensively, we got to capitalize on those takeaways, bro. Six points scored on offense, when you get those type of turnovers and that type of territory, it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. We got to extend the drive. We really do, press and keep that momentum going. It's all on the offense from that standpoint, the defense cooking like that, press. I'm going to call the offense out. They got to finish that. And also, too, these wide receivers. A-Rob, Darnell Mooney. Come on, y'all. 
catch the fucking ball. Come on. Because exactly. that, that was another thing that plagued them in this ball game today. Justin Fields' stat line would have probably looked a whole lot better if those guys would have caught those balls. So it is what it is, but I'm going to call a spade a spade. You guys know I love A-Rob. And you know that my boy A-Dub over here loves Mooney. But at the same time, if I see something, I'm going to call it. Got to call it out. Our tight ends, get involved in the game. Act like you guys are out there. Play some football. Yeah, but shit, some of that might just be mad naggy, you know, because how many times did we even see the tight ends get targeted out there? How much did we even see a Jimmy Graham? Where is Jimmy Graham? Right. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm wondering where these guys are at, Chris, because I'm like, hey, you make a good point. Maybe some of his own naggy here, man. Get these guys involved. They're pretty good. We saw last year how good Graham was in red zone, Chris. We saw that. Where is he at now? Where is he? Oh, you said some of it. I think some people may beg to differ with you, A-Dub. I think a lot of this shit, a lot of what we saw today. Now, I don't want to just come after the head coach because we got a W here, but I just hope that when he goes back to the drawing board and watches the film here, he sees the opportunities of what we see. And what I see right now is that offensive line has some things they need to clean up. Those receivers need to get more chemistry with Justin Fields, and he needs to get that ball in David Montgomery's hands a lot more than 20 times a ball game. The way David Montgomery is always running forward, even when the offensive line is missing blocks and there's two or three guys that are at David Montgomery's legs, he's still contorting his body and, and trying to jump and flip out of these damn plays. This kid does not go down easily. That offensive line has to do a lot better of a job, do the same job that they did in week one when they was opening up those holes for him. But Matt Maggie, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board Look at this offense and understand what he really has here. Stop being cute, run the fucking football, and play to the strengths of whoever the guy is going forward. You and I were talking very briefly. We're like, hey, these running plays are so predictable. So predictable. We were just thankful that Montgomery's didn't make something out of nothing. But man, Haggy, come on. Give the guy a break now. You got to work with him, man. Don't set him up a field. Well, I'm sorry. When I'm sitting there in the stands in my seats, and I see the formations that Nagy's putting out there. And when he brings the guy in motion, I'm like, okay, so they're going to run that direction. And voila, right. what do they do? They run, run in that, that direction. direction. Right. <laughs> so you don't yes, think sir. that these teams that scout, and this is their job to do this shit, they don't know that that shit's coming to? Come on, man. Right. Don't just call a running place to call a running play, man. Make it affect the running play. Let's do that. Let's not hurt my man Montgomery. The kid can run his butt off, like Perez was saying breaking tackles. Why well, say you have to break a tackle when we run a very good running play to where you don't have to do all that press in the backfield breaking tackles? He could have got, a, what, four or five yards before he broke a few tackles, you know, but you got to set him up again for success. No, that's true. Well, A-Dub, before we get out of here, I just want to get some final thoughts here on this Week 2 game. So, yeah, the Bears did squeak out this 20-17 victory for the first win of the season. I want people to know that we're happy about that. But we also just want to make sure you guys know, hey, there were some moments in that game and we legit was like, hey, what the fuck going on? So we wanted to make sure we called those moments out on the show. But A-Dub, for me, I was fired up to be back at a home game, bro. But due to COVID, I didn't get to go to a single game last year. I missed being out there at Soldier Field. It was great to be back, man. I had such a good time, man, seeing some of the fans around my section that I haven't seen in over a year. It was really fucking amazing to be out there with those fans. It was great. Man, the fans was great, Perez. I love the conversations we were having with them. I mean, they were all into the game, as always. 
And man, they really was on point. They were cheering that defense on. So I love the Bear fans. Bear Nation, I love you guys. Yes, sir. Well, I'll just say this too. All right. So <laughs> last week, we were left with a lot of questions about this football team. And I would say even after this week's game, A-Dub, there's still quite a few questions, but I think <laughs> a few less than, than it was last week, right? Correct. All right. So going into this game, we were all like, all right, this is going to be Andy Dalton's revenge game part two. Then we talked about in our preview pod how this game was going to be the battle between Joe Mixon and David Montgomery because they were the top two rushers in the league. And we saw how that matchup went today. But we also wondered how the Bears defense was going to respond in this ball game today. And we got our fucking answer. That Bears defense responded and they punched the Bengals in the mouth, especially there in that second half. The only other thing that a lot of us were wondering about was what's going to happen with this downfield passing game because we didn't see much of that in week one. And we saw in this game today, they took some shots. It didn't happen the way we wanted, but Nagy took some shots. That's what we wanted. That's what we wanted to see. And the fan base, they all wanted more Justin Fields. Well, guess what? We got more Justin Fields. Uneven results, but nevertheless, we got what we asked for. The win. We got the win. So I can live with that, Perez. Even with the opportunities, brother, I'll take the W. Yes, sir. Well, my biggest and probably most glaring question I'm going to have going into this week three matchup is, will Andy Dalton start next week? Because we saw that he was sidelined with that knee injury. Because I'm wondering, A-Dub, from your standpoint, if Andy Dalton is healthy, does he start? I will say, you know what? Yes. I don't think he'd do anything enough, do enough to lose his job, Perez. And I don't think Justin Fields showed me a hell of a lot more to say, you know what, he should keep it. So for me, I'm like, you know what, let Andy Dalton go back out there. He wasn't having a bad game at all, Perez, before he got injured. I mean, he ran the ball very well when he took off. He threw the ball very well as well. So for me, he didn't do enough to say, you know what, lose the job on this one. Yeah, I think when I look at this, if he's healthy, and that's if, I think he starts there in week three. You already know my prediction was based on the fact of, if you are going to put Justin Fields in here, it should be week four against the Detroit Lions. I don't right. think that you should throw Justin Fields out there against that Cleveland Browns defense, especially with Miles Jarrett and that pass rush. Well, what we saw today in that Cincinnati Bengals game, it showed you we still need to give the kid a little bit more time, but we need to get him back out there on the field more. So even if Andy Dalton does start next week in week three, there should be a series where you're giving Justin Fields so he's getting some of that experience against that type of a defense. We just need to get Justin Fields more experience and more playing time in some of these key matchups. No, I went through that, Perez. And I think it all starts from in practice, like you were saying earlier, at least getting Justin Fields a chance to play with the Wands, man. We can do that, Perez. That's a good setup, a good transition, just in case he is a starter out there for the next following game. So either way it goes, any down there or not, don't start, whatever. I'm all for Justin Fields really showing us that he's actually getting a chance out there with the Wands and learning and growing at the same time. Yeah, because, I mean, that's going to be a big test going against that Cleveland Browns defense, A-Dub. And so we'll see what happens. But I know the local media, the national media, the fan base, everybody's going to be wondering who's going to be on the center for the Bears next weekend. So we'll see what happens there. It's going to be a hot topic throughout the week, bro. Yes, sir. It's going to be a good, a good one. It's a good problem to have at this point, though, you know. So uh, that's why I'll, that's why I'll leave it at there, Press. Yes, sir. Hey, before we get out of here, man, I want to give a shout out to our boy, Tony G., for rocking with us on the intro today. Shout out to you, fam. Thank you so much. As always, listeners, we got a preview pod that's going to be coming out on Thursday morning, and we're going to be doing our winner's circle, our weekly betting show. That's going to be coming out on Friday morning. Listeners, we appreciate all the continued support of the show. 
Thank you so much for sharing our podcast with your friends, your family, whoever, coworkers, colleagues, it don't matter. Our downloads have been going crazy and we would not be where we are as a podcast without all of your loyal support. So thank you guys so much. We definitely appreciate the love and support we're getting from you guys. Thank you all so much from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you for uh, thinking about DBE and putting this out there. So thank you. Yes, sir. Well, listeners, on to Cleveland. Our Chicago Bears are one and one. We got the dub today. A dub. I'm excited. I know a lot of fans are going to say, guys, I got a lot of concerns with this team. Well, guess what? I got those same concerns too. But listen, at least we got that W. I'm going to sleep well tonight. Yes, sir, Press. I'm going to sleep well tonight. And one thing I can say, Press, from week to week, we have gotten better. So all we got to do is make that next step in the process, continue to get better, and I think we'll be fine, man. All right, my man. Well, listen, audience, we're going to talk to y'all on Thursday, and we are out. A-Dub, going to sign us off, bruh. Thanks for listening to the Very Centers Podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for your continued support of this show. Bears Nation, come down with us.